This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello, friends. Brand new week is underway, and first and foremost, I want to thank everybody who came out to the Toronto Rock game on Saturday in Hamilton. Over 13,000 people at that game, and it was great. Wow. Full of fights. Toronto beat the living hell out of Buffalo. It was a great game. I mean, in actual sports terms, but the fights were pretty good, too. Uh, Next home game is coming up the week after Easter. It is a Saturday night against Philadelphia. Hope to see you there. How was your weekend, Kat? Weekend was really good. I got a lot done. Um, I got a lot done this weekend. I did like a good deep clean of the house on Saturday, which felt good. It was just like a good day to, well, the morning was nice and sunny and then it turned like torrential where I am. So I thought, what am I going to do with the day today? Because the weather sucks. So although I did go out for a bit, uh, when I came back, I rolled up my sleeves. I cleaned the windows. I cleaned and scrubbed the floor of the kitchen. I did like a good deep clean. And then after it was all done, I sat back and I thought, I wonder how many people would offer the service to clean my house because I hate doing all the things I just did. Would you actually do that? Yeah. Because I've thought about it a few times. I'm looking into it actually. Well, and me too, to be perfectly honest. And I feel like every other adult has figured this out. They've got clean homes and they have jobs and they've got kids in sports. And I don't know what they do that I haven't figured out, but I can't keep up. My house, I'm looking around thinking, fuck, I'm going to have to hire somebody. I have to outsource this. I just cannot get mm-hmm. it done. I don't know how people do it. It's the little things for me because I don't mind cleaning up. Like, I, I, my house is very tidy. My house is very clean. Family and friends always make comments about how we don't, we're minimalists. We'll put it that way. We don't really have a lot of shit in our house. Like, you come in there to rob the place, guess what? You're leaving with nothing. Like, we really are minimal. However, it, for me, it's the dust and the like, gro- like I cleaned the windowsill because I thought, okay, summer's coming up. We're going to have the windows open in the springtime and in the summer. So let's just clean this cell here. And I opened up the shutters to clean it. Gross. Like, disgusting. So those are the jobs that I just, ugh, I don't like. I don't like those jobs. I want like the really nitty gritty, like clean the vents. Like, you know, like the fence and the floor. Do you know how disgusting those are? Like I cleaned one of them and I'm like, nope, I'm hiring someone to clean the rest of these. I'm not touching that again. It's disgusting. It's my own filth, but it's still disgusting. It's gross. Are you a little OCD about this? Yes, I am. But but I'm clean. I clean a lot. No problem. I have no problem tidying up and cleaning and it's constant. It's constant. But it's, again, it's those little things. Like I noticed a spider web dangling from a light. It's just out of reach. I can't, I can't, I'm not doing it. I, I can't. I'm just going to have someone come in and do it, I think. Like, there's certain things I can't do, or I do it, it disgusts me. It's weird. Dust? Ugh. If there's, like, mud on the floor? Yeah, no problem. It's weird. That is weird. I hate dusting. Now, are you, like, a put on some gloves and scrub the toilets kind of girl, or oh, would you yeah. outsource that responsibility as well? I do the bathrooms. Like, I mean, I do the bathrooms and I do the kitchen. No problem. It's weird, right? But it's the dusting for me. Mm. And the windows. Mm, Not a fan. (laughs) All right. Uh, There's a lot we want to get to in this episode of After 9, and we're going to start off in the restaurant area. Okay. A woman had a reservation for a party of six. 
She was going out to celebrate her birthday. It's a restaurant in Australia called Navi. Very high end. Ooh, it's fancy. Even you hear Navi, Navi and you think, wow, fancy. Navi. It was a prefix menu. $113 a person. And this is one of those restaurants that requires you to leave your credit card number just so you don't bail. Now, the way I understood it, if I make a reservation and they want a credit card number to hold the reservation, they're probably going to charge me a fee if I ghost them, if I don't show mm-hmm. up. In this case, they charged her the whole fee. She canceled because she was sick. No birthday party. We'll do it another time. They charged her $113 her person 681 bucks charged to her card because she didn't cancel with 48 hours notice that apparently is the restaurant's required time okay so a couple of numbers here that i'm like unsure of because that seems extreme by the way to charge an entire an entire full plate unless you actually mean last minute like it's 6 p.m your reservations at 6 p.m you didn't show up it's a prefix menu your food's already been made Congratulations, we're charging you for this because this is an absolute waste. So that part, I understand. The other thing, though, to me is a 48-hour notice, that's a tough one because if you are sick and you don't want people in your restaurant sick. Of course not. Everybody should stay home when they're sick. I feel like 48 hours isn't an, is not too much time between when you could get sick, right? So if I'm starting to not feel well right now and I have reservations tonight, that's like, ah, that sucks. It's less than 24 hours. Ah. Two days from now, how how do I know how I'm going to feel? So like that part, uh. now is she lying about it? Maybe. Did they have reason to believe that maybe she was lying about it? I don't know. But that seems ridiculous. I'm assuming that this was all in the rules and regs and fine print, though, of that reservation. It has to be. I guess. I mean, hey, 48 hours to cancel. It's just I don't think anybody really looks at those policies. And even if they do, who remembers? You get sick, you call, you cancel. Okay, fine. If it's less than 48 hours, I don't think I should have to pay $113 a person. Let's be honest. This Navi place, if they're charging that kind of money, is popular. They would have zero problem replacing that reservation with another rezo. A table of four, table for two. Maybe they'll get a table of six. No problem. They're not going to have a problem replacing it. Mm -hmm. To charge her full pop for canceling less than 48 hours in advance, that seems kind of diabolical. That seems like a we can and we will kind of thing. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. I'd be willing to bet that at some point in the future, that restaurant is going to be down on their luck, and I hope karma kicks them in the ass the next time business is slow. So I'm a little on the fence with this one, honestly. I'm not so much mad to the restaurant because I think it's stories like this. It's so important because if it happens to you, it sucks. Absolutely. And this could happen to anyone. I'm not saying that everyone should be perfect and read all the rules and regs and all the things. We know that most of us just kind of blah, 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 buy that. But for me, if I'm putting my credit card down for something, you're damn right I'm being careful about it. If a restaurant says, hey, cat, you can make this reservation, especially for a large party, because we know that there's like a tip minimum and all those other things. If I'm putting my credit card down in advance, I'm not going to that restaurant. I know I will show up for that reservation. I'm a responsible person that will call you and tell you if I'm not going to come and it's not going to be last minute. So I'm not going to pursue a restaurant, which makes me put a credit card down. That's me. So I, although I, I hear what you're saying and, and, and the restaurant looks bad here, I think most people think so. I also think we all need to be responsible for what we're doing with our own cards, with our money. 
definitely read rules and regs as boring as they are. Just quickly check. I'm sure it was right there in front of her when she did make that reservation. She's the one that typed in her card numbers into that spot. When you did that, did you not ask questions? So don't be surprised by what happens when. Or maybe it would have taken a chat with a manager. Like, look, I am like really sick. It's my birthday. Am I supposed to bring in like these other five people to join me on my birthday dinner just because you're making me? Maybe they would have come up with a conclusion or a solution for her. Clearly, this was a last-minute cancellation. Maybe it's all online, so there's no personal contact. I think there's a few people at fault here for this. Bottom line is, though, be careful where you're putting your card down. Yeah, the woman is particularly angry because she says they didn't tell her. Okay, fine, we're going to charge your card. She called in, canceled. They said, fine, whatever, fuck, hung up. And then they charged her card. If she'd known they were going to charge her card anyway, maybe she would have gone in sick. Maybe she would have said, fine, if you're going to charge me anyway, pack up the food. I'll be there in Mm -hmm. half an hour to pick it up. Something like that. But she got nothing except a credit card bill for almost $600. And that's crazy to me. She didn't eat a thing. She didn't sit in the restaurant for a second. I know she canceled with less than 48 hours, but I think we all agree 48 hours isn't reasonable either. Do we know if it was last minute? Because I feel like there are certain details in the story that matter to me. If it was, like I said, if the reservation's at seven, let's say, and you called at 648 and said, we're not coming, that prefix menu's already been done. So from a restaurant perspective, if I own that restaurant, I'm paying the chef. I'm paying those servers. I'm paying the food prices. Someone has to pay for that if you're the one saying, claiming that you were going to be there eating it because everything's already prefixed and ready to go for you. So I understand why wanting to charge her something that's there. The full price, that's where I think we could try to meet in the middle a little bit. But I think there should be consequences if it's last minute. That's a business that's out of their pocket. Why would they ever like that's the reason why they have put the credit card information down in the first place, because it's all very expensive to run a restaurant. And if you're just going to screw around and not show up after they've already made you the appetizer and the hors d'oeuvres or whatever this fancy place has made you, you're damn right. Someone's going to pay for it. OK, so there's a wait list, let's say. And hey, we call the next person on the wait list. You still need a reservation for tonight at seven o'clock. Great. We've got a table for six for you. So they end up replacing that reservation. Should they still jam this woman with a $600 bill? Oh, I mean, no, of course, if they were able to fill that. But who's to say that that's the case? They might not have a backup wait list thing. That might not exist for them. Maybe they should and they will now. But that's probably, that could not be, that may not be a thing that's available to them. I have zero doubt in my mind that they charged that bill to prove a point. That $600. Sure. And I don't for a second believe that they weren't able to replace that reservation. A restaurant like that is just too popular. Uh, I do want to circle back on something you said earlier, though. You said you will not put a credit card number down for a reservation. So let's say you've got a chance to go to uh, Julia in Toronto. That's where uh, the Beavers were last week for the uh, after party at the Leafs game when they launched Rhodes Canada here. That's a very expensive restaurant, Michelin star restaurant, reservations required. Let's say you got a reservation there, but you got to leave a credit card. You would actually say, nope, I don't want to eat at Julia because they want my card? Correct. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't put down a credit card. Some things just require a card, though, to secure the reservation. If you know you're going to go, it's not going to charge your card anything. Um, I just wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't put my card down on anything. No. Huh. Okay. I got a couple of stories that are... Kind of unbelievable. They're going to be a little jarring, but hear me out. Christy Bronner is a resident of Sydney, and she just shared a life-changing experience in which her partner has now suffered permanent paralysis 
from blowing his nose. Oh my God, this is a terrible story. He blew his nose and he's oh, paralyzed no. now. What the? F- How did that happen? I don't know. You ever like coughed really hard and your back cracked and you thought, what the? Like that? <laughs> I, I, it, it's kind of similar. Here's how it happened. He was blowing his nose. Christy and her family were at home and they heard a loud noise from the bathroom. She rushed in and found her partner unconscious on the floor with a dislocated C67 spinal cord injury. Oh my gosh. Before the incident, her partner had expressed a sense of impending doom. He was like, what I, don't the- I don't feel right. Something's coming. I, I don't know. Weird thing. Then the guy blows his fucking nose and broke his neck. Well, uh, two spinal, uh, two dislocated vertebrae in his back. Something had to have, obviously, uh, for me, something definitely had to have happened before this. It's not like he's just like, ah, I'm broken. There was obviously something was not right to begin with. And then that moment, that movement, that sudden snap, that's what did it, right? Well, he, when he. Something was out of alignment to begin with. Absolutely. In fact, this has happened many times. I Googled the story to find a second source. And sure enough, there are many stories about people doing things like sneezing, blowing their nose, and they actually pop something in their spine and they can be left with permanent paralysis. In this particular case, he passed out when he blew his nose. Have you ever seen that? Never in my life. I didn't know that could happen, but now I don't want to blow my nose. Do we believe him? Oh, yeah. He passed out. Uh, Blowing his nose? So Are this. we believing this? He does the, you know. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, all, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to make the noise because it's freaking gross. So he blew his nose. He passed out. And the way he landed, in part, jarred that spinal Got cord it. injury. Yeah, that's freaky, man. Careful when you sneeze, everybody. Careful when you <laughs> blow your nose. <laughs> okay, there's another one. Here's a guy. He's a professional rower. He is in fantastic shape, and he decided he was going to go for a bike ride along the coast in Brazil. He, uh, you know how things work when you're riding a bike. You're obviously, you're panting kind of heavy. Sure, Your yeah. mouth's, mouth's open, that sort of thing. This guy accidentally swallowed a bee and died. Riding a bike. And died? A bee went in his mouth. He swallowed it and died. That was when he found out he had an anaphylactic reaction to bee stings. That's horrendous. So what we've learned here, everyone, is never blow your nose. <laughs> Keep your mouth Keep your closed mouth when you're riding your bike. <laughs> That's so sad. And be careful. I know. And you know what? It's bizarre. They say it is a freak accident in both cases, but these things can happen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What do you think is going to happen here? Donald Trump's going to turn himself in tomorrow. In fact, it's very well orchestrated. Today, he's going to fly from Florida to 
to New York. He's going to land there, spend the night at Trump Tower. Tomorrow he goes in. They're formally going to arraign him, which means probably handcuffs, mugshot, uh-huh. read him his rights, all that sort of thing. Then either a cop or a judge or a, I don't even know if they have a justice of the peace down there. But they're going to say, here's your conditions. You're free to go. We'll let you know when the trial is. Then he gets back on his plane, flies back to Florida, where he's going to speak at a massive rally at Mar-a-Lago. It's it's so it's so obscure, isn't it? Like that whole process will be interesting. That mugshot, by the way, New York they release mugshots, right? Like yes. most, most places do. I don't think there's a lot of laws on, against doing that. That mugshot, the second it's out, is going to be the most viral photo you'll see this month at least. If not, it'll be the, one of the snapshots of the year. You know it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You think so? I, I think so. I mean, Trump in cuffs. Everybody agrees this is historic. They have never indicted a past president before, even though probably all of them have committed some <laughs> sort of a crime. They all maybe should. Okay, not all of them, but some of them maybe should have been arrested. That's never happened before. And there's a lot of people who feel that this is political. They're going after him because they want to try and take him out of the upcoming presidential race or they want to embarrass him or they want to do whatever it is that they want to do. But it doesn't really matter at this point because once the cops have become involved, once you've been read your rights and you've been handed these conditions to be able to return to your home in Florida until the trial and all that sort of stuff... It's real. Like, if he screws up on his bail conditions, they could go and arrest him and put mm-hmm. him in actual jail until the trial. How far down the line are they booking right now? Like, what, is, what does everybody say? I'm sure you've seen a lot of experts talking about it. When is the trial going to be if you had to make a rough guess? Ah, that's a good question, Kat. It seems like they're going to donate or dedicate a lot of time and money to this trial. Is that going to get them any faster? I don't know. I mean... They're going to try and drag it out to as close to the election as possible. Trump can still run even if he's convicted. He can still run for president, but they haven't even held the primaries yet. Are they just trying to hold him back? Like, (laughs) sorry, your bail conditions don't allow you to go to Iowa. They don't allow you to go to New Hampshire, all those early primary states. I, I really don't know what the end game is, but I will say one thing. It is very refreshing to see so many people on both sides of the political spectrum, agree that it's kind of a nonsense charge. You can agree on whether or not they should or shouldn't go after a former president. Maybe it depends on the severity of the crime. But it seems that most people in this case agree it's kind of a weak case. It may have already passed the statute of limitations for that matter. So I don't know where they're going with it, but it is a historic day. It's also a historic day because a Canadian is going to the moon. That's never happened before. No Canadian has ever gone beyond the space station. We've circled around the Earth. We've been on the space station. Nobody's gone as far as the moon before from Canada. That's cool. So are they announcing who it is today or are they actually physically going today? Oh, no, they're just announcing it. they got to okay. do months and months and months of training before they can actually that's leave. Coo- I mean, that's that's really cool. We're, we're purposely picking a Canadian, right? If I remember the story correctly, because of Canada's involvement in this particular mission, it meant that we have one representative from Canada, correct? Well, actually, it's because of all of our participation up until now. I mean, oh, great. We, we built the Canada Arms yeah, and all that sort of stuff. my project on that and grade something. It's amazing that we're still, still riding that wave. Oh, my gosh. We won't let it go. Here's some technology we developed in the <laughs> 70s. It's still used. I mean, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. Sure, but it's... N- I have to think that if we sat down in 2023 and said, we need to invent something that'll give us the the dexterity of fingers in space, 
I have to think we could come up with something better than the Canadarm. It's just we're still riding that one wave of success, yeah. and now it's going to pay off. We have four astronauts in Canada that are qualified to go to the moon. Okay, so it's a one in four shot for them. Or did they all like have to apply to this? Like, how did this work? I think once you're in the program, you're just sort of, it's kind of like if you're good at, at hockey. You're automatically one of the hopefuls for Team Canada, but only the GM can decide who's going to ah, make the team. So you got to get called up. Right. So in this case, it's a four-person crew on the Artemis mission. It's a three-parter. So they've already done one. They sent an unmanned rocket up. It circles around the Earth and builds up some steam because it slings off of the gravity. And then that propels it into space right towards the moon. It circled around the moon, came back, splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. That went fine. So now we're going to do it with people on board. Three Americans, one Canadian. So the Canadian is going to be part of this mission that's going to get real close to the moon, but they're not actually going to land on it. Hmm. And I'm wondering, if you trained your whole life to be an astronaut and then you got the call, not only are you going to space, you're going to the moon. And most people don't get to go up more than once in their career. You're one shot at landing on the moon. Nope. You're just going to drive by and come <laughs> right on back. It's 10 days. Start to finish. It'll take about four days to get there, a day of fucking around, and then four days to get back, and blam, you're done. You land in the Pacific, and you're good. The third mission, Artemis Three. that one will not have a Canadian on it so <laughs> far. That's the one where they're going to land on the moon. They're going to prepare a site where they can build a base, and then we're basically creating a stop-off point for when we inevitably go to Mars. You'll go from Earth to Mars. You'll refuel like an en route. You take you a pee, there. you grab yeah. a coffee, and then you get back on the road and you carry on to Mars. It's like a stopover. Yes. I, uh, eventually, that'll be cool. But I'm thinking about that astronaut that's picked today. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you might know the name and this person's going to go down in history in Canada and it's great. That's awesome. Good for them, by the way, because they work really hard, and you're right. I mean, a lot of the time, these astronauts train, and then they never even go up at all. Like, it's it doesn't happen every day, the you know? The vast majority will never go to space. So that's cool. So your name gets called. You're going up there, and like you said, you're looking, but you're not actually touching. You know what I mean? You can look up there. It's cool. Maybe they have little things that go down and probe it. I don't know what, how it works, but to me, it's like a, almost the equivalent of saying you've been somewhere, but you never actually stopped there like once I was in Germany and I could tell people I was in Germany it was at the airport it was a stopover from Paris to Toronto but I was in Germany everybody and you, and you can say that for and, the rest of your days <laughs> this person's definitely doing that for the moon Germany I've been there I've yeah. been there yeah good times right that's my claim to fame on Quebec I landed in Montreal once on a stopover going to Paris so now I tell everybody oh yeah I've been to Montreal I never even got off the plane I was there for 45 <laughs> minutes total you You've never been to Montreal. Can I tell you, I don't like Quebec that much. Okay, so Quebec City's terrible in terms of, it's beautiful to look at. The people are fucking outrageously arrogant. Like, it's just the rudest people I've ever come across in my travels were in Quebec City. Yeah, Montreal, I believe that. But Montreal's not bad. I actually highly recommend Montreal. It's a little different because it's you get a mishmash because Montreal's a little closer to the border of Ontario. So you're going to get a mixed bag of people, and they're a lot more welcoming. It's a really actually a great place. There's a good shopping there. There's great restaurants there. That's why I'm surprised you haven't been. There's like world-renowned restaurants in Montreal. My only experience with Montreal is Habs fans. And they are so obnoxious that I just have no. no interest in going to a whole city full of those people. No, I mean, you, you go like uh, go in the summer because you probably would want to anyway. Probably. Ah, très bon. It's fine. It's fine. No one's talking about hockey anyway. 
middle of the summer heat. Look at you throwing in a bilingual mention here ah, in the Afternine Podcast. Oui, oui. We're expanding your horizons mm. here. Uh, back to the moon for just a sec. You've said many times you have no interest in going to space. If there was a base there on the moon and this sort of became like a routine thing, you could probably be talked into it, couldn't you? Think of it this way. This Canadian who's being announced today is going to be one of the few people in the history of mankind that has ever seen the entire Earth. The ones who go up to the space station, That's cool. yeah. they see part of it, but you very few have seen the whole Earth. And you have to be as far away as the moon to see the whole thing. You know what's fucked up about that as you say that, though? Um, did you ever hear William Shatner talk about his trip up? He went in the Blue Origin, for those who don't know, with Jeff Bezos a while back. And he spent millions because, like, hey, he's Captain. Uh, what was he again? Oh, it's not Picard. What's his Kirk. name? Kirk. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I swear at one point I was a little bit of a Trekkie. Ooh, so anyway, I had to pull that one out of my so ass. He- <laughs> I almost forgot, too. <laughs> so he went up to space and he looked down at the Earth. You know what he said, though? When he got back, he was like, whoa, it's overwhelming. Like, he could barely talk. He fully admitted he went into a depression. He went into like a mini depression looking at the earth from above because it changes. He said it changed my life. Like all of a sudden it was just like, I'm tiny. It just really puts life in perspective to you to the point where it actually made him depressed thinking about it. Like I'm just a little piece of shit on this planet way down there. Look at this entire galaxy that I can't even see through. It just makes you feel like really, he said he felt really small or insignificant. I forget the wording. Don't, it's not verbatim, obviously. But he said it made him feel so tiny. He actually like had a little bit of, of time where he didn't want to talk to anybody or look at anybody or talk about anything because he was very depressed. You know I what? feel like that would be me. Like I feel like if I went up there and I did, there, it'd be beautiful to look at the earth. But it's true. It'd probably make you feel really small. And some people need that. I feel like people with big egos should go to the moon. Ah. All the people with big ass egos that think they're the shit, you know, head up there. Head up there either in that dick-looking blue origin or go to this moon place and look down and see how little you matter. Okay, I hear what you're saying. And perspective is so important. For me, one of the things that really got put into perspective is the space station. It's not even really in space. I mean, when you're there, you can see the Earth and you're not on it. So sure, you're in space, but... On a clear night, you can see the space station with the naked eye, and it's just sort of traveling. It it looks like a really high airplane. It's not even really in space. That's why I find this trip to the moon so fascinating, because that one, now you're in the deep end. There's no, oh, shit, uh, an asteroid's coming for us, so jump into the emergency pod, and we'll just drift back down to Earth. It's not like that. Outer space is dangerous yeah for way more dangerous for me i am so happy like on soil walking around there's two spots i'll never go deep in the ocean scares the shit out of me and in space i don't think it'd be realistic in my lifetime anyway to even do those travels to the moon i really don't if it was though i probably would opt not to i'd be like you know what you guys all go up you have fun have fun at your little party i don't want to eat that shitty weird pouchy food i don't want to piss standing like in the middle of what do you how do you even pee and stuff like forget it i'm not dealing with any of that Mm -mm. i'm comfortable on soil i'm staying here this is where i am not going down there to mariana's trench i'm not going up there to the moon i'm happy here terra firma terra firma yeah what's that you want ground to stand on terra firma indeed if that's what it is then that's what i am all about last and i know we've got to make this quick because you got to go Three Republican state senators in North Carolina have proposed a new bill called the Eliminate Participation Trophies Act, 
and it would ban all youth sporting events in North Carolina that are state or local government sponsored from handing out an award simply for showing up. If an event or league gets government funding, a trophy or ribbon given to the participant, quote, must be for identified performance achievements. The idea, they say, is to stop making kids think they're a winner just because they showed up. In other words, you need to earn your accomplishments. This is one of those ones that divides us because, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if the, the divide was on Gen X and the millennials or the millennials and Gen Z or where it came in, but somewhere along the line, somebody said, you know what? We're not even going to start. We're not even going to keep score. It's about having fun, not about competition. And that's where the participation award came from. And now it's basically become a euphemism for soft kids, wokeness, things like that. I don't know that that's necessarily true because I have participation ribbons from playing Cambridge minor soccer about 30, 40 years ago. And I don't think that I turned out all that bad. I've still got a lot of competitive edge in me. I think what they need to do here, though, is they need to find a balance. Because handing out a participation award to everybody but nobody actually won, I think that's stupid. Why play sports unless someone's going to win? The whole point mm-hmm. is competition. And and belittling the accomplishments of good athletes, people who actually went out and set a record, won a championship, doesn't matter you just get the same participation award that the shithead who sat on the end of the bench got. That I don't like. I think there's probably room for both. Banning the participation award, I think this is going a little too far, but I certainly understand the argument they're trying to make. I agree with you. I agree with you completely on everything you just said. I, I like you, have received participation awards. In fact, I still have a trophy to this day. The acting, uh, Acton Bowling Club, which I was a part of as a very, very young child, and I, I received a high score, and I got a trophy, and I got a medal. And that memory stayed with me for a long time. Now, were there bumpers down in that bowling alley? You're friggin' right there was. But I didn't know that, and at the time, I felt special, and that was great. Did that make me feel, like, better than everyone else as I grew up? Not at all. In fact, I, I think there's a huge difference, because I never wanted to play competitive anything. I've always been a rec person. I will still, to this day, sign up for a rec volleyball team with my friends, whatever. I am not competitive. I don't need the medal. I don't want it. I don't care. I, d- I don't think it matters if you get participation anything, but I think there's room for competition at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's room c- competing. There's a first place. You could call second place and third place a win too, Olympic wise. Absolutely. They're accomplishments and they're great accomplishments, but there can only be a winner and loser. That's how we are in leagues, but there's still room for rec. Like for me, there's still room for rec and everybody good job for participating, but I don't think it's going to, ch- I think that people are the soft generation whole thing. I don't, I don't think it exists as much as people think it does. I think we're actually getting away with it, but I do think there was a definite period there where it lasted a long time. Uh, your your daughter plays uh, soccer. Yeah. Do they keep score? No, we never. It's we never kept score, but we always cheered for kids when they scored. Like so, these are five year olds. Keep in mind, ish. I think it was like four to six, whatever. Um, we cheer, but we don't have like a board up anyway. It's not like we, we weren't at a facility that had like a board that kept score. Mm-hmm. So it was, it'd be up to you if you wanted to keep score of the game and be like, hey, the black team won over the blue team or the red team won over the yellow team. You could do that in your mind, I guess. But it was more about teamwork. It really was. It was about, hey, pass the ball, learning how to do that early stages, like very young, right? So all early stage stuff, like you're a team. So you find someone in that same jersey color, you kick it to them, you try to keep the ball away. 
nobody should be too overly competitive about it. I was okay with the fact everyone got a ribbon at the end of it. I don't think it changed my daughter's mind on... She was born competitive, okay? This kid was born competitive. Giving her a ribbon for participation won't change that. Just like the lack thereof won't change that. I think people grow up as they're supposed to be. People are either competitive and they're going to be that way or they're not. And I don't think a ribbon or p- for participation will change it. I really don't. Okay. We, uh, man, we could have gone on for a long time. I didn't even get to the carbon tax increase on gas, but that's up five cents since Saturday. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. Shoot me. Uh, we'll, we'll get to more tomorrow in another episode of After 9. In the meantime, everybody, there's lots of archives. Go ahead. Hit subscribe. Leave a review. Do it. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. All right, it's time for another edition of where we try and connect people who have had an encounter in the past and can't find each other. So one person went online and told the story, hoping the other person would see it and contact them. This is called the line cook. Man for man. You're a line cook. I hooked up with you once at a diner. I won't mention the name of because I want you to keep your job. It was late. Just me and you and the person cleaning tables. She was lovely and let me finish up my marble rye sandwich. We got to talking as you were leaving. I told you you make a nice marble rye sandwich. You asked me to come with you for a sec, and I did. I was worried about what might happen if I follow you, but thankfully you didn't kill me. <laughs> That's a why bonus. Would you even, why would you even consider going? If, anyway. We hooked up behind the diner. It was great. I'd love to hook up again. Okay, I don't understand why this is a missed connection. It seems like you guys had a, a, a thing here. But let's talk about how this happened. First off, you're closing down a diner. They're cleaning up. Like, they're getting ready to shut down for the night. You make one comment about the quality of that sandwich that you were eating. Which anyone can make. <coughs> I said it. And then you both end up out behind the restaurant getting it on. How did that escalate that quickly? How did it go from, hey, great sandwich to, yeah, let's go. I'm wondering the age range of this person who orders a marble rye sandwich. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just picturing like an... Older gentleman is all I'm saying. <laughs> like the marble rye. Hey, come with me. With a complete stranger out behind a diner at closing time, and you didn't think something funny was going on here? Everything you learned in kindergarten about talking to strangers, no, just following them to the... No, just forget it. Let's just live dangerously. There's no way this went from, mmm, great sandwich to, mmm. I want some of that too. They had to have been making eyes at each other through the kitchen window oh, or something. Oh, sure. Well, they were talking to each other. I'd imagine so. By the way, you know where the person works, so start there. <laughs> I would start there. Uh, this is called I Watched You Stack Hay. This is, from what I could tell, a woman for a man. I drove by last week on the nice sunny day we got. You were struggling pretty hard while loading a pallet of hay. You called for help from some guy near you and almost got trapped under the bale. (laughs) I watched as the sweat beaded off your muscles as you stacked hay and then yelled for help. After you finally got out from under it, you brushed yourself off. I walked over and I smiled at you and I said, Hey, get it? That's great. You didn't laugh. But it's a good line. I noticed your ginger hair too. Yum, yum, yum. 
<laughs> oh, no. I hate the people who say yum. I can't. <laughs> Tell me something about me so I know it's you. Just so I'm clear, this guy is in the process of being crushed under a large <laughs> bale of hay. And twice she points out that she just stood there and watched him. But as <laughs> soon as thing. as soon as all the hay was off of him and he dusted himself off, that's when she slides in and makes her move. And with a brilliant opening line like, hey. Hey, you almost died. I didn't call 911. Nice to meet you. What do you do when you're watching someone get crushed to death by a bale of hay? You admire the sweat beating off their face. <laughs> I feel like Isn't I that- should help, but holy cow, am I horny. <laughs> like, honest to goodness, lady, what are you doing? <laughs> what did you call 911? <laughs> if he lives through this, I'm going to get that guy's number. <laughs> I feel like this is someone who reads too many of those like romance novels with the guy with a bale of hay on the front cover. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she's, she's way too deep in this. Like, I'm pretending your name is Eric. Yeah, Eric, that's it. Yeah, you're working out a whole scenario in your mind about his big muscles. Meanwhile, those are probably not muscles. That's swelling, hun. He's dying under that bale of hay. Phone the emergency services. Why didn't he laugh when you said hey? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Jeez. Everybody's so uptight when they get Gosh. squished by a bale of hay. You almost died. Calm down. It's fine. And he's calling for help and help, she didn't help. do anything. Help! I'm stuck. Help. And you're right there. Just waiting for him to get up so you can get his number. I'd rather just be creepy. I'd rather just sit here and watch. Thank you. (laughs) Unbelievable. Tesla just launched its own beer called Giga Beer. (laughs) Yeah. It's a Tesla beer. It's the only beer that explodes even if you don't shake it. An 89-year-old Japanese man has been recognized as the oldest male surfer ever. He truly embodies the surfing lifestyle because every part of his body hangs loose. (laughs) McDonald's stock just closed at an all-time high. Yeah, also closing at an all-time high, the 16-year-old McDonald's manager, Kyle. The New York City Fire Department rescued five children who got themselves lost in the Staten Island sewer system. Well, it's hard to believe that a place that filthy and disgusting also has a sewer system. (laughs) 